Welcome to Season 2 of Between Two Blue Devils. I'm Mark Horner, your host, and this is a podcast featuring teachers, administrators, alumni, and community members of the beautiful city of Talmadge, Ohio. This podcast is about stories, their stories, the stories of people who love kids, love their city, and love the pursuit of education. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And while you're at it, feel free to share the podcast with a friend, tweet it out, post it on Facebook, snap it out, be sure to leave a review. And now without further ado, I bring you season two. Kick back, grab a cup of coffee from Crimson Cup, and enjoy getting to know some of the amazing people who love Talmadge and love our kids. Well, hello, Between Two Blue Devil fans. Welcome to season two. Uh, when I began this little project uh, almost a year ago, or at least six or eight months ago, um, I don't know, time is blending all together. And, but when I began this, I had no idea that we would begin a, begin a second season, and I had no idea I would start the second season with an incredible guest, the one and only Mr. Rosborski. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? Um, normally, if we were full of this classroom or full of kids, they'd be screaming and hollering and uh, giving you some loud cheers. But we don't have that. So we're going to have to imagine that they're sitting out there and kind of feed off of their their energy. But you can always edit it in later. right? I, yeah. <laughs> I have a couple I have a couple of kids in mind where I'm like, you know what? I wonder if I can get them to send me a couple audio clips. And, uh, oh, yeah, they would they would love that. But. Roz, tell me, uh, you know, you go by Roz. Um, you know, I'm going to call you Roz. Is that sure, all right? Absolutely. And uh, tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah. Well, who am I? I've been teaching for, this will be my 10th year. 10 it's years. crazy. Yeah. You, you get to those milestones and you start going, okay, this is what I do. This yeah. is a little bit of who I am, right? We have our professional selves and then we have our personal selves, yeah. um, you know, besides being a teacher. I have two children, you know, a beautiful wife, um, and right now that's that's my life is taking care of the little ones, a three-year-old Claire and a, a one-year-old Ben, and we're just we're just having that family time and really enjoying the moment for what it is because, as as everyone says, when you start having kids, it just it goes by so fast. Oh my goodness! Yeah, well, man. My uh, daughter is entering her senior year here, yeah. and my son is entering his ninth grade year. So he'll be a freshman running around the hallways, sort of, socially distanced. Socially, socially distanced, <laughs> six feet away from everyone else running around. I know. <laughs> it's so weird to think about what it's going to be like or if I'm even going to see him yeah. at all because uh, I don't think he has a science class until second semester, so he'll have no business being down in this wing, uh, this hallway. So that'll be very, very different. But um yeah, I, I will tell you, three and one. So Claire is three and Ben is one. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Ben, I mean, you know, the, the silver lining to this whole pandemic was we just we got to spend that time with the kids. Mm -hmm. And we went from him in March. He wasn't walking yet. And now, of course, he's, you know, running around like crazy. Uh, he uh, was chasing llamas a couple of weeks ago when we went to a, a petting zoo. So <laughs> yeah, it's the difference that we've seen in, in both of them and her growth as well. I mean, she's 
so caring and such a wonderful big sister and you know we're able to to nurture that but also just just see them interacting as they're growing up together yeah that is that is huge it's funny you would say that that's what ben was doing chasing llamas uh not long ago just last night no joke my daughter's like we need to go to the llama farm i'm like honey there's llamas <laughs> right down the road she goes no the one where you can pet them and you can walk around and you can see them and see them and all the other animals so she's a senior ben's you know he's one uh, they both have the same thing in mind, chasing llamas. It's still wonderful. Hey, I enjoyed myself. That's you know? so funny. Yeah, it never gets old, the petting zoos. No. It's definitely, there. There's, there is a silver lining to what we've kind of been through. And if you've had an opportunity to be home with your family, like just being home with my kids, um, it has been a blessing. Uh, I'm anxious to get back, and I'm anxious to get back around my other you know, set of kids. Yeah, our other family, right? Our, our other family, family here at Talmadge. Oh yeah. So, you know, we, I think we all, we all felt that hit, right? Um, I love being in the classroom. I love being with the students and learning about who they are and, mm -hmm. and sharing, sharing the experience, right? I mean, that's, that's what education is really about. Yes. It's that learning, but it's, it's learning together. Yeah. That's what I've always enjoyed the most out of it. Well, it's, you know, when you look back and I was kind of perusing my journal and flipped it back to Friday, March 13th, oh, yeah. you know, Friday the 13th, when we were all sitting in there in that staff meeting. And then you find out, um, I mean, as, as we are receiving word from Mr. Ferguson about what's going to happen, it's changing, you know, DeWine was changing things as we go. And, you know, it starts off with two weeks being out. And then next thing you know, here we are and it's August and yesterday, or excuse me, uh, last Thursday and Friday, because we're recording, it's a Monday, um, seeing some colleagues that I hadn't seen since that March date. Yeah. And it was, it was surreal. And they're such a key part of our family as well. Just being reunited with with the people that we're kind of going to battle with. Yeah. Um, I'm glad to be back. Right. Yeah. I think we're all we're all glad to be back and hopefully be back for a long time. So you mentioned uh, your wife. How long have you been married? What's her name? Yes. So my wife's name is Allie. Um, we have been married now. We got married in 2013. Okay. So, uh, you know, seven years. Ah, you're still newlywed status. <laughs> you know, with, with... I don't know, seven years. <laughs> but we also, I mean, we've been together. We were together for almost three years before that. Okay. So, you know, we, we've certainly hit that that milestone of being together for a long time. Yeah. Seven years. Newlyweds with two kids. Like, are you are you newlyweds? That's true. With two it's, uh, <laughs> it's a different phase of, of the relationship. Well, I was just thinking when you said you were been teaching for ten years, it's like okay, uh, when, once you get double digits, you're no longer that young teacher. Although yeah. you look like that young teacher. Uh, yeah, the gray hairs are coming in. So I don't know whether that's from teaching or from the from the children. Uh, and probably the pandemic. <laughs> a little bit of everything. We've all kind of grayed a little bit. <laughs> the the luxury of my haircut is, though, when the gray starts to pop, I just shave my head and then you can't see them. That's strategy. That is strategy. <laughs> Gotta get, keep the grays down. But uh, how did you meet your wife? Yeah, we uh, we are Miami mergers. Okay. So we both went to Miami University and it's kind of known as this place where people people find their, you know, forever person. Um, and I didn't you know, go there going like, I'm going to find my merger, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, it certainly happened that way. We, we ended up being in a class together and, you know, um, I was, I was pretty good at preparing for classes. I, you know, as a freshman, we met our soft, my sophomore year as a freshman, I always went to the class beforehand before I had it. So I knew where it was. And my sophomore year, I got a little arrogant and, uh, <laughs> so 
there's one very big building called Upham and it's just super convoluted where the rooms are. I didn't see where the room was beforehand. And so I showed up about five minutes late to that class. Of course, I zipped into the door and found the first seat available that just happened uh. to be right in front of her. And how could I not flirt with a beautiful girl right <laughs> behind me? So look at you scoring yeah. points on this podcast. I like it. <laughs> I like it. So that's called, we call that divine intervention right there. Yeah. Brought you two together. And, uh, and so then how did you ask her out? Um, you know, we actually, we had a couple, a couple things that happened. She, she invited me to her birthday party. Um, she's a, she invited me to a birthday party, her 21st. And I kind of told her, I was like, well, I've got something going on that night but I will try and show up later. And I didn't tell her that the thing I had going on was I was going out for my birthday dinner with my friends oh. because we had, we share the same birthday. You share the same yeah, birthday. We share the same birthday. Wow. Different years, but we share the same birthday. So, um, so yeah, so I went out with my friends and then a friend and I, we went to her party um, at her house with some of her friends. And, you know, there I kind of explained it and she was like, you didn't, you never told me that. And that just yeah brought you together a little faster. Like yeah, same birthday. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, she didn't believe me. I actually had to pull out my my driver's license because she thought I was just messing with it. That's too funny. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, birthdays are are important to remember, and as you know, that makes it really easy for you to remember your wife's birthday. I have no difficulty whatsoever remembering my wife's because she was born on December seventh, okay. which is Pearl Harbor Day. Uh, I'm not going to give you the year because I don't want to <laughs> sleep on the couch for the next week. But, yes. um, you know, it's great for a history teacher when you've got that watershed moment as as that date. So Pearl Harbor and my wife's birthday. That's, so, positive negative. Right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Make, but it makes it easy for uh, for me to remember. So what does your wife do? She's also a teacher. Okay. Yeah, she teaches up in uh, Orange City Schools and oh. she's middle school. She has taught English. She's actually certified in English and math right now. She teaches math. Okay. And Orange is going completely remote, aren't they're, they? They're full virtual. So she's going to be doing the at-home thing. All right. And yeah. so she gets to stay at home? Yeah. Some some of the, her friends and colleagues are going into school to teach and like record themselves. Um, but I mean, she has like a 40-minute drive in. So okay. she figures she's just going to hunker down at home. I'm going to get her set up with an extra monitor and everything. So yeah. she can really... Be effective there okay How, how's she doing in regards to the remote learning is she i mean it, it's new for all of us yeah. i mean even even here doing this hybrid right mm -hmm. we're all as i've heard multiple people say we're first year teachers mm -hmm. right? we're all first year teachers again because we're revamping we're changing we're modifying um but i think that this will be a really important moment in education absolutely be, because it's forcing some of those changes that people have wanted to do or you know that education has been moving slowly towards we're all going to start really hitting that and uh, i think it's going to be beneficial in mm -hmm. the long run yeah i i'm a big hashtag guy and i like to pick one word and all that and you probably remember the the word i've kind of selected for this year is trailblazer yeah and i i feel that i mean that's exactly what we are we are heading off into the terra incognito right the uncharted territory yeah. And who knows what we're going to experience. But one thing for certain, uh, when we look back at this year, this time next year, we are going to be completely different teachers. And um, we need to embrace the change, like you're saying. I mean, it's it's been long overdue. 
Uh, we've certainly got our issues that and battles that we're going to have to fight along the way, but I think we're going to be way better. Uh, so let me ask you this. Ha have you given, I mean, what are you most excited about for this upcoming school year? Oh, I mean, really just seeing the kids. That's, that's the thing I'm most excited about. Um, educationally, like, like based on the content, uh, this is my first year, I guess I, I say reteaching. English 10. Mm -hmm. um, I've been teaching English 11 for nine out of the 10 years I've been teaching. I guess eight out of the nine because this mm -hmm. is my 10th year. Um, so it's kind of my wheelhouse. Yeah. Uh, but with some of the changes to the air test being only sophomore year now and just some other um, changes with our faculty, I got moved to English 10 this year. Okay. So I'm reinventing the wheel in a sense and making new curriculum. So I've kind of restructured English 10 and I'm really excited to implement it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've got some interesting units, one all about food. What is food and what would what we call food that maybe shouldn't even be called food because it's so processed. Yeah. It's so, you know, fake and, and has all these flavorings that come from random things. Um, it's funny you mentioned it because I'm trying to remember what it was of yours that I saw. Did you share something out? Or did you share something with me? Because I saw that one of your units was on food, and I was really curious about that. Yeah, yeah, on our on the Facebook group. That's what it was. Okay, yeah. on on our Facebook. Yeah. yeah so the, you you are what you eat is what I'm what I'm gonna call the. Yeah. the oh, unit. that's right. And then you were yeah you were that, now it's all coming back, and I'm like this is really cool. This yeah. looks really neat. Yeah. So I was wondering, you know, exactly what direction you're gonna go, but I mean. I'll tell you, that's one of the things that I've been really focusing on, almost to the point where I'm driving everybody nuts at, at home because I'm talking about uh, what what goes in. Well, Hippocrates, his quote, and I quote it all the time, let food be your medicine and medicine be your food. Sure. Right? Yeah. And, and in times like this, when a compromised immune system makes you way more susceptible uh, and it's just dangerous, you, you just got to fuel your body with nutrients that are going to help fend off COVID. Yeah. Uh, and I'm interested in more and more research that's coming out about that. But yeah, I got my kids eating, drinking, uh, eating lots of things that are green and, and, you know, getting their probiotics and vitamin C and all that fun stuff. Yeah. I, I, I've always been one to live by Aristotle's means, right? You don't go too far on either side, yeah. right? Like, you know, temperance is, mm -hmm. is a virtue for sure. Um, Michael Pollan is one of the guys that i pull from for this unit. He's got books out there. He's got videos. Uh, he's just, he's just a really brilliant guy who, who's just getting us back to basics. You know, he talks about what is food, right? He says, uh, one of his quotes is if it comes from a plant, eat it. If it's made in a plant, don't. Right. And it's very simple. Right? Yep. How much of the food that we eat on a daily basis is made in a plant versus mm -hmm. coming from something, uh, that was harvested or, you know, growing on a farm. Um, that, that's what we have to really look at. Yeah, for real. Um, I'm there with you. And I, I like that quote a lot. Um, we just have to be so self-conscious. And I'm reading a book by, I think his name is Daniel Amen. His last name is definitely Amen. And he's a psychiatrist, um, psychiatrist of the stars. Like he has Miley Cyrus and Justin Bieber. Oh, okay. and, um, but I, I listened to his interview on John Gordon's po Positive You podcast. And so I bought his book, but it's all about brain health, taking care of your brain. And a, a significant part of that is your diet and yeah. how, you know, here in America, we prescribe first and then we look at things like diet and exercise. And he's advocating more of the European 
uh, means, which is, all right, you've got some issues. Let's look at your diet. Let's look at the amount of exercise you're getting and let's tweak those and put a good plan in place. And if they don't work, then we'll prescribe. Uh, but it was interesting. He was talking about how he has such a large target on his chest now because he doesn't prescribe a lot of medication. And, um, but he's like, that must mean I'm doing something right. Yeah. You know? So he's going for the holistic approach, yep. which I think is right. Like medicine, medicine has its point, yeah. has its purpose for sure. But uh, are you putting in the steps that you need to, to take care of yourself? simple as that. What I love so much about this idea is that you are not only tackling standards and content and, and looking at writing, but then you're also instituting things, habits, and, and things that these kids can take with them that will make them better versions of themselves. It's going to, that's going to stick with them the rest of their life. That's, that's the goal, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> it is the goal. <laughs> but I think goal. a lot of times we lose track of that goal. You know, yeah. we get so content oriented. We're like, okay, we got to get this, 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 and this in because we have this test hanging over our head at the end of the year that a lot of times we forget about uh, our real profession is really just to impact lives, Yeah, you know, and, and help them along this path of becoming the best version of themselves. Yeah, pre preparing for whatever the future might hold. Yeah, yeah. but I, I love it. I absolutely love it. So what are some of your favorite hobbies? Tell us, you know, there you have a lot of kids that come through and I'm telling you what, Roz, when it comes time to talk about, you know, favorite teachers in class, your name comes up all the time. What is something new about you or a hobby or something that you like to do that very few people know or I, well, you know what? You shared with me something <laughs> a while back, something one of your hobbies that you have that uh, but what are some things that you uh, about you that people know? Yeah, so uh, like I said earlier, that uh, some of my hobbies have really fallen off because I'm you know trying to dedicate myself to to family, right? Mm -hmm. Enjoying that time. Um, I played ultimate frisbee for six or seven years, right. all through college, and then afterwards, um, before we started our family, I was down in Charleston, South Carolina, and they had a really active group, so wow. it was nice. Just, I mean, they can play all year round, yeah. right? And uh, so it was really nice to play ultimate frisbee down there. Um, I like to sing. I've been a singer since high school. Uh, so, you know, I know I did Battle of the Bands a couple of years ago. Yeah. Two years ago now already. Um, that was pretty awesome. And, you know, just, just even singing with my kids, you know, singing in the car. I'll sing all the Disney songs with them. Uh, that carpool karaoke going on. <laughs> Yeah, although it, it always ends up being the same soundtrack, right? Yeah. Every, every single time. What do you want to listen to? Frozen 2. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, um, yeah, other hobbies, you know, we talked about being healthy. Um, I like to work out when I can, uh, when, yeah. I, when I can get those, those that little bit of time in. So I do the, the P90X workouts oh. with, with Tony Horton. Oh, man, you're hardcore. Well, again, when I can do them, right? <laughs> yeah. A couple times a week. And, uh, and then my final hobby is just, I play video games, okay. you know, uh, take, take 30 minutes at the end of a day and kind of relax and have some me time where I can mm -hmm. decompress and hang out with some friends that I've made. Well, and that, that's so important and even more important now than ever, where you've got to engage in some self-care and you've got to find something that does kind of disconnect you from these issues that are going on around here yeah. and allow you just to kind of escape. And I like what you said to kind of decompress. What's your game of choice? Yeah, it's a not as well known game. It's called Dota 2. Dota 2? Dota 2. It's on the computer. Right. Um, yeah, it's a PC game. It's very popular, but it's one of those ones that you probably haven't heard of. But, uh, you know, I've, I've gamed across all consoles, 
started on the Nintendo, the NES, the N64, Xbox 360. I was a big Call of Duty fan for a long, long time. And Halo, COD. I mean, I'm a Zelda fan. I mean, you know, we can can talk about video games for longer than we have today, if you really wanted to. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) You know, um, my son is just, that's his, that's his thing. If he's not playing basketball, then it's video games. And as a matter of fact, I would, if I were a betting man, I would tell you he's probably screaming at his TV right now, playing Fortnite with all of his buddies and, yeah. you know, yelling at somebody for stealing his loot or, you know, yeah. taking his kill Stabbing or Stabbing him in the back. I don't know. What uh, I know. <laughs> so it's all Fortnite. But it, it is amazing the opportunity that game the games provide for kids these days, you know, and talk about silver lining during the quarantine, being able to stay connected with your friend group. Yeah. You know, I don't know what it would have been like if this pandemic would have hit back when I was his age and there was nothing to do, you know, at all. No way to stay connected. And you couldn't. I mean, I hate to date myself here, but you're not calling anybody outside your your area code because, you know, long distance cost money and all that. Yeah. So, I, um, I mean, I, I think to my own high school experience and it wasn't let's jump on at our separate houses. It was we're going to go over to my friend's house yeah. and you had to wait for the controller, right? You're, yeah. you're calling next up on the controller because yeah. you only had four of them. Yep. Um, but you know, the, the isolation factor, that's, a, that's another part of one of the units I'm reteaching. I can't imagine what this was like. And they, we keep comparing back to the Spanish flu, mm-hmm. 1918, what that must've been like for people in that era, mm-hmm. because what did you have to do? You yep. were with your family. You maybe had some books like, what else were you doing? Mm-hmm. We have, we had, we've had the luxury, most of us, to have the internet and to have games and books and like ordering things off Amazon where we were still able to do a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Amazon has gotten a lot of business. <laughs> One click purchasing has been, uh, you know, it's too easy. It is way too easy. Yeah. I, you know, you talk about the Spanish flu. Um, I've been doing a unit. I've, I've, for years I've been teaching on it just briefly because we talk about how that with the other factors kind of brings World War One to an end. Yeah. Um, but I show these pictures and I'll never look at these pictures the same way again, where I've got I've got one in particular where there are these uh, British police officers. I forget what the exact uh, title that they had. I'm out of teaching shape right now. But, you know, they're in London and they're all lined up, but they've got their face masks on. Yep. You know, and I, I keep thinking about that now and thinking about the pictures I've seen and then seeing people out with their face masks on and uh, just being able to compare these two, you know, pandemics. It's going to be really interesting um, to do so. Now, you mentioned high school. Oh, yeah. Let's go back to the Rosborski of high school. OK. All right. Where did you go to school and uh, what were you like in high school? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I primarily grew up in Buffalo, New York. Oh, right? so I'm a Bills fan. Yeah. Um, and I went to a private school called St. Joe's Collegiate Institute, and it uh, it was an all boys school. Okay. You know, we wore the shirt and tie, um, and you know I, I usually remember people like you go to an all boys school. What about the girls? <laughs> well, you know there were there were two all male schools in the area, and there were four all-female schools in the area. So oh. there had to be a place for, for them to go, right? Yeah. If we were here, they were there. Um, so it's not like we, we never had interactions yeah. with, with females in high school. But 
Um, I really enjoyed it. I, you know, I know that it's different from a public school, but I enjoyed the the brotherhood. Mm -hmm. right? there, there was a lot less drama because it was just guys. And sure, you know, some things still happened outside of school, but it was just a, a different environment. Um, Are so, you still in a lot of contact with uh, some of the guys you went to high school with? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Most of them still in Buffalo. Some of, you know, spread out like me as well. But uh, yeah, very close. Very close. Okay. We had a group of about seven or eight. And um, so in, in high school, I wrestled. I was on the crew team. Uh, I mentioned that I was in singing. I did some swing choir for a year, two years. And I was also a stage manager for Oklahoma the musical. Oh, wow. So, so athletic and artistic. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, Roz as a high schooler was definitely a go-getter. I was, I was busy every single night. Right. Some, sometimes I, I talk with kids and they talk about their hectic schedule and I go, let me tell you mine too. Right. Like I've, I've been where you are and you know, sometimes you get students, it. So yeah, students are struggling with that schedule and I go, I get it, you yeah. know, but realize you've got the time, you've got the energy, like, if it's what you want to do, do it and, mm -hmm. and ask for help when you need it. Because mm -hmm. more often than not, you ask someone and say, I'm struggling and they're going to work with you. Wow. So, you know, Coach Shredow is from New York as well. Did think, you know that? Rochester? Yeah, I think he is, it is Rochester yeah. that he's from. Mm -hmm. So, Buffalo Bills fan, huh? Buffalo you haven't converted Bills. to... Uh, the Browns, yeah. <laughs> although Bills and Browns fans, you know, I always, it's always fun to go to those games. Yeah. You end up looking at each other and being like, we know we're all on the same boat here. <laughs> we both got, you know, rough teams. We keep saying this year is going to be our year. Right. Yeah. So there's so, not too much animosity between our teams. So was it then college that brought you to Ohio? Yep. And then what brought you to Summit County and uh, then eventually Talmadge? Well, after my wife and I both graduated from Miami, we went down south because we both found jobs down there. Mm -hmm. Easier to find, lower pay, um, and we thought warmer weather, why not? But uh, when we decided we wanted to start having a family that we would come back north, because my family's mostly in New York, hers is in Ohio, and that's where we focused our search. Mm -hmm. um, so she found a job in Orange. All right. And then uh, I actually, I found a job in Solon District, but it was a part-time it's like half half a teaching salary okay um and then i got rift which is reduction in force for those of you that might not know <laughs> i was not fired um and <laughs> to be clear yeah, to be clear just making sure and uh and then from there i, I made it here so okay very glad to very glad to give i was at the middle school there not my cup of tea yeah a little bit different amazing just seventh eighth to like ninth oh tenth, yeah the difference huge difference um you know, it, it was it was a really incredible experience there, but uh, you know, high school is definitely where I want to be. I feel like that's where I'm most comfortable yeah. as an educator. I've shared in the past how I ended up from the middle school to the high school, but I do remember um, I, I I thought I really loved teaching eighth grade, and I didn't think I would enjoy the high school. But then, going from eighth grade to tenth grade, um, I just loved it. Yeah. I, I loved you know. One key part of it was I, I had all the students that I had in eighth grade. Now I'm seeing them in 10th grade, you know, 16 years old. They're, they're young adults and uh, just seeing the life change that had happened and just talk to them and just the, you know, the depth of conversation you could have. But it took it didn't take long for me to be very, very thankful that I was up at the high school. Yeah. But it's 
but then, you know, now I'm looking at my son, you know, and this team that I coach basketball, uh, having them since sixth grade and then seventh grade and then eighth grade. And then the quarantine took place. And then now kind of reconnecting with them, even since the quarantine. And now, oh, my goodness, yeah. they, these kids have gone from eighth graders to young men now and they're lifting and they're tall and you know, half of them are taller than me. And it's just like, oh, man. Yeah, I'm sure some of them had like growth spurt, right? <laughs> yeah, it's been intense. Six months and they're a different person. Yeah, including my own son, who's, you know, just a, a hair over six foot now. And I'm looking at him and like, holy smokes. I remember two years ago you were half the size shorter, you know, and, and now here you are a young man. I think, you know, you mentioned seeing people, seeing students growing over the years. And I think that's that's one of the things I've really enjoyed having been able to teach some English nine mm -hmm. and then seeing these students again in English 11 for the past few years. Um, we don't always get to see the growth mm -hmm. as a as a student. Right. We see the growth as a person. Oh, people will come back a year or two later. Or we'll see them. You know, we teach them when they're 10th graders and we see them when they graduate. But seeing that growth in the classroom is really, it's really powerful. It is. It, it's kind of this like affirmation of, hey, you you are learning. Like we 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 assume that they're right. learning. Like we're doing our best. We we see the the summatives and the formatives, but you go, okay, next year, what are you going to be like, mm -hmm. right? And so, last year and the year before that, I just seeing those those changes and seeing how well these students are developing has really been uh, fulfilling. Yeah, it is. It, it's a great word for it. It is fulfilling. And um, it's just neat to be a part of that process, you know, and, and to see them grow. When you were in school, I'm sure many of your teachers were thinking the same thing about you and their current students. Um, of those teachers, do you have like a favorite high school or even middle? I think I, do you have a favorite teacher? And what is it about that teacher that makes them your favorite? Yeah, I mean, a lot of favorites. Um, one, there, there are a couple that stick out for sure. Um, one was name, his name was Deacon Hines, right? So again, it was a private school. Mm -hmm. So, um, we had, we had a couple of deacons teaching there and, uh, Deeks as he was, uh, known, he would, he, he treated you like an adult, right? He spoke to you like an adult. Um, he had an incredible sense of humor. He was always cracking jokes and, um, just making you feel so comfortable to have discussions that, you know, while he, he talked about a little bit about theology and a little bit about morals, he was always, he wasn't pandering, right? He wasn't telling you how to, how to think. He hmm. was always approaching it with this. Well, what would you do? What, what do you think about this situation? And uh, helped us explore that gray area. Yeah. Right. Like uh, so much of life is that gray area where you're going, there isn't a right answer, but how do I feel about it? Mm -hmm. um, so just his, his approach to being open. I've always tried to incorporate some of that into my own teaching in my own classroom. So you mentioned theology. So was this there for that purpose? He was going to make you an incredible singer. He was going to help you read. teenage boys singing together. Hmm. That is not an easy feat to accomplish, no, not, right? No. Like you talk about just teenage boys singing, mm -hmm. uh, much less. Uh... I hope you enjoyed our interview today. 
be sure to subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you are listening on. And also feel free to follow me on Instagram at, at Mr. Horner, the teacher, or on Twitter at THS Mr. Underscore Horner for podcast updates, blog updates, and more information about our guests. If you liked what you heard, I would appreciate if you give us a review and share the episode. Help me get the message out about how incredible our community is and how awesome our teachers are. If you haven't, make sure you go back and listen to past interviews. There are a lot of amazing people that we've had the privilege of interviewing. Until next time, go Blue Devils.